And I really regret that I didn't hire a coach sooner. And the alignment with a higher power will direct you to that right person. Could be a mindset coach, it could be a business tactic coach, it could be both like myself. So finding somebody that could, and like yourself, someone that can empower a lot of different avenues of themselves and their business into growing your business. So hire a coach. So that's step number one. Want me to go on? Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Step two that's crucial to your business is your mindset. And it's letting go of all the BS, and that's your belief systems, that keep you where you are rather than where you want to be. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Vicki. Vicki, thank you so much for being here with us today. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Hi, everyone. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> so give everybody the highlight of who you are and what you do for business. I work with talented, smart, knowledgeable, hardworking entrepreneurs and business owners that want a lifestyle and a dream, but they can't quite seem to accomplish it. They're not getting the results they want. Help them get out of their way so that can happen in a lot shorter time than they believe. Very cool. So how did you get into this as your kind of focus area? <laughs> Fascinating question, because we all come, I think most of us don't wake up at six and go, I want to be an astronaut. Now, some people do, but others, like myself, it was kind of like this, <laughs> like swimming. It's kind of like a koi in a pond. Um, so I have had many businesses. I've had responsibility for million dollar department stores and what was in it and made sure people were buying it so I could keep my job. It was great spending other people's money though, I can tell you that. I also am a hypnotherapist and a master energy therapist. And so I've also been interested in psychology. So all of that together has brought me to this place where I've always been helping entrepreneurs or business owner it might be with their health their weight or their business personal lives but yet i'm helping them to get past something that is holding them back sometimes they don't even realize it so that they can move forward rapidly and that's how i got started in it so it, it was through so many different avenues coming together that i brought all of those experiences together and put it into one offering for the people i work for very cool. So who would you say is your ideal client now that you work with? Ideal client are those entrepreneurs just starting out or in business for several years and have a different idea of where they want to be compared to where they're at. Business owners. So we're talking about businesses under 12 employees, mm -hmm. but they still want the cohesiveness they want a culture in their business that supports both the employees and the business growth and to get everyone on board for that that's what i'm looking for very cool so when you're working with them how how does that interaction look do they when they first engage do they need to have an idea of what it is that they want to create or have an idea of what's getting in their way what what do they bring to the table initially wow great question so both and and neither. <laughs> so some people come to me and they know what they want. 
most of the time what they want though is not really what they want. And so we drive into that. Other people come to me knowing they are self-sabotaging and they want to stop that pattern. So they've seen themselves not pay their sales taxes, perhaps, even though they have the money in the bank. And they know that self-sabotage and it's resistance of some kind. That same resistance or pushback will show up in client attraction because your clients will feel that, that there's some kind of resistance or pushback. So they want to stop the pattern. So it's both and. Or sometimes they just come to me because it's something's hurting in their lives, a divorce, some kind of trauma, a death in the family. And so they want to take care of themselves so they can take care of others. So I see that as well. So when it comes to kind of their self-sabotaging and they want to create something in their business, is there kind of a, a process that you take them through steps, some kind of pillars or understanding that you have? Well, there's, I look at it as three crucial steps to growing a business. And the first one, most people aren't going to, they'll be a little surprised by, I think. I think they'll be a little surprised that I'm vulnerable enough to bring this to a lot of people's attention because most business coaches won't share this with you. This is what I've seen through myself and my history of growth and my clients is a number one crucial step in, in growing your business is an alignment to a higher power. Whatever you call that, it doesn't matter. There are many different names, but that higher self, that higher power, that higher alignment is really the most crucial step in growing your business. And you can call it anything you want. You can call it intuition even. Most business leaders, I just saw a study on this. It's fascinating. Most business leaders actually use their intuition to make decisions like 80% of the time. No one knows that either. <laughs> we kind of make this all hush-hush so that people think, because it's all woo-woo and it's all scary. I ran million-dollar apartment stores. I have the practical side, the very left brain. But on the other hand, I know that I need support and I don't have to do this alone. And that higher power alignment is part of that. The caveat to that alignment is then finding a coach. And I really regret that I didn't hire a coach sooner. And the alignment with a higher power will direct you to that right person. Could be a mindset coach. It could be a business tactic coach. It could be both like myself. So finding somebody that could, and like yourself, someone that can empower a lot of different avenues of themselves and their business into growing your business. So hire a coach. So that's step number one. Want me to go on? Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Step two that's crucial to your business is your mindset and it's letting go of all the bs and that's your belief systems that keep you where you are rather than where you want to be those belief systems are running in the back of your mind and sometimes you're not even aware of them somebody told you who they thought you were parent, grandparent, teacher, someone in an advisory role of some kind. You experience something in your life and you told yourself who you were. Uh, it could be a belief system from family, generations of family that you don't even know is sabotaging your business. So when I first started my business, probably a couple of years in, and I'm like, I don't understand why this is hard for one why and why am I not getting the clients that I want into my business and 
start looking at the practical things. Am I marketing correctly? Am I, you know, using the right wording, email campaigns, all of those type of tactics are great. But then I realized that as a child, I watched both of my grandfathers who were both entrepreneurs struggle with their business. Now, it's not that they sat down with me and said, Vicki, being a business owner is really, really hard and you have to struggle and you have to struggle financially. They didn't have that conversation with me. I was, I remember, you know, three, four, five, six, going to work with them uh, because my parents were working and it was summer break <laughs> and they needed a babysitter. So I would go with my grandfathers and I remember going with them and watching them work. And I remember going to their house and the tension in the house because of finances between the spouses. And it's not that it was said, maybe they were talking to my parents and I overheard, heard, I don't know, but that generational belief system that I created through observation that when you're in business, you have to struggle and you have to struggle financially when came to light and realized it was not appropriate for me and it didn't belong to me, and it wasn't my belief system, and I didn't need to struggle to honor them in any way that I could release it and start growing my business again. So that's number two. It's your mindset. It's about your belief systems and watching them, being aware of them. And typically, the, the best way and the, the first way to change anything is through awareness. So just being aware of it is a key. But I wasn't even aware that that belief system was there for a couple of years. All right, we are going to go back and discuss a couple of points on each of those, but while you're on a roll, <laughs> give us the third one. <laughs> Number three, don't want you to wait. <laughs> Number three is the, stat the, the strategies and the tactics. Of course, when you're operating a business, you need to have action steps. You can't just sit around and wait for the clients to come. They might just because they happen, if you have a storefront, happen to pass by your storefront. But for most of us in the consulting coaching industry, they're not going to pass by the storefront. <laughs> so you need a strategy. How do you attract those clients? You have to have tactics. And there are plenty of people out there that's going to take your money and set up a tactic for you. However, if you're not in the right mindset, you're not going to do it. And I I'm being vulnerable. I've paid a lot of money, tens of thousands of dollars to people for their tactics that worked, but I never followed through with it because they have a belief system around how it works. So you have to be in alignment with how you're going to market. And that goes back to number one, that, alive, that, that higher power spiritual alignment to be in alignment with your clients and your marketing as well. So you need to find the right tactic. That's love it. So I'm going to take you back to number one and the research that you've been doing on business owners using intuition. To me, it's always been a fascinating thing that people, some people will say that when you make a decision quickly like that, it's intuition. And I disagree wholeheartedly in that certain people can make certain decisions quickly. Um, and then other people will say it's because there's you know, if somebody has a lot of experience in something, right, a, a kung fu master sees a knife fall, they'll grab the knife very quickly and, you know, and grab it by the handle and they'll say it's intuition. It's like, well, <laughs> they practice that several thousand times, probably has something to do with their ability to be able to do it quickly. So what is your definition of the difference between intuition and, and those things? 
Well, I, I love your example of you the knife. It's been practiced thousands and thousands and thousands of times over. So the reaction, the physical reaction happens automatically. So there's a lot of reasons for that. It's it's connection in your brain. It is thought process. It is, it, I don't know that it even has anything to do with decision-making. It is just a reflex at that point. It's a habit. And that's fabulous. And a lot of times we do need to practice all kinds of things over and over and over again to get it to the point where it's a reflex and you don't think about it. I bet you don't think about brushing your teeth. I bet you just do it, right? Oh, you I'm do. an obsessive compulsive dental <laughs> assistant. I'm probably the wrong person to ask that. <laughs> yeah, I pay a lot of attention to that one. But there are many, many, many things that I do that mm-hmm. I you know, don't think about um, when it so, comes to it. So how, how does somebody identify that a decision is made through intuition? Through intuition. And can we hone in on that? Mm -hmm. a little better but how how do we know what it is well to answer your first question i don't believe either that the definition of intuition is quick decision making i'm not always a quick decision maker for the most part i am but i'm not always i don't i don't uh, think that that is a criteria for intuition intuition is typically your voice (laughs) it's not a ah it's not glitter it's not confetti i wish it was because then we go oh that's intuition (laughs) that's what i right i totally (laughs) want the the glitter coming down like (laughs) (laughs) it is your voice and so while you're brushing your teeth because it's an automatic you know i'm going to do this every day and you don't think about it a thought comes to you and says hey I need to call Susie. And so you follow through because you like Susie. And she says to you, I was just thinking about you. So that's intuition. It's it's a gentle voice and it will say, and in your business, a lot of times it will say, hey, let's do YouTube ads. And you're like, nope, not gonna do YouTube ads. I'm not gonna do YouTubes. I'm not doing anything on video. I am not gonna do any of that. So that might be your resistance and some belief systems are going on, but that's your intuition saying, oh, and your guidance saying, YouTube, let's look into that. You may not do it, but that's intuition. Uh, It's usually, it's always, uh, not usually, it's always very soft. It's very soft-spoken. It's not demanding. It doesn't say you should. It doesn't say, why didn't you? It says, hey, what what about eating salads today for lunch? You know, that kind of thing. If you're looking at the health, outside and weight release so just to differentiate it from the little devil that sits on my shoulder and goes hey this would be a great idea and that's ego (laughs) right that's the devil and it's saying (laughs) if you want to call it that that's fine but it's ego (laughs) ego is very demanding and it very distracting and hey let's go wrestle an alligator today okay right (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not. Um, and so that's that tends to be the discernment between intuition and anything else. Very demanding, very guilt oriented, very um, judgmental, mm-hmm. and sometimes want to get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and hopefully we can identify the difference between them and and working with somebody like you to be able to kind of finesse that because I think there is kind of a, very much a similarity. And when you start getting used to them, it's like, oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody fits into that little category. 
Uh, you had some great points about the seeing your grandparents at work and the struggle that was there. And sometimes I think, well, I know that our subconscious beliefs can be so intriguing <laughs> in that it could have been, you know, the dynamics between your grandparents. It could have been that they were financially very well off, but they had a belief that they had to struggle. So they were bringing the struggle in to the financial conversation, even though there may not have been any. And as kind of we're witness to this at age three or four, I mean, we don't really know what the bank account looks like or whatever. We just know, hey, it's <laughs> they're arguing over money again. Oh, okay, got it. Um, when it comes to kind of resolving issues like that, is it important that to you that we understand the nuances of those things? Or is there a way to be able to just go, you know what, this, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> Let's just take all of that and go. Decision that you don't want anymore is, is one of the crucial steps in, in changing that. And for some people, that's all they need to do. For most of us, it's so, like you said, ingrained, it's so written, it's so recorded, that it's going to keep showing up because you haven't changed the recording. You haven't changed the source of where it came from. The first way of, I'm not going to do that anymore, may have to be repeated over and over again. And I talked to a neuroscience about that. And he said that any affirmation, or like you were saying, just I've just decided I'm not going to follow that anymore, has to be repeated 10,000 times before it's re-etched in the brain. So if you stop at 9,999, guess what? You get to start all over again. And so, and that's, you know, of course, approximates, but that's what they looked at when they were studying all of this. 10,000 repetitions. So can you say confidently, clearly, no, I am not going to think that way anymore 10,000 times? Most of us get pretty tired. So what I do is I help people work with the subconscious mind through re-recording to the core of where that came from. So then it's no longer an issue. And how that happens is through self-hypnosis recordings is one of the ways I work. And they listen to it, listen to it at night while they're sleeping. Does it take 10,000 times? No, it usually takes sometimes overnight and sometimes a few months because you got to make sure your brain is feeling safe. The brain doesn't feel safe in the change. It won't do it. And then you have to make sure your mind's feeling safe because if your mind's not feeling safe, it's going to tell the brain and the brain's like, okay, we're not doing this. Stop it. So someone who's on a wave of these program and it's scary to them to release weight in some way because it's recorded back here that it's too scary to be thin. When they start having success at weight release, it could be a pound, it could be 50 pounds. All of a sudden, they're eating pounds of chocolate every day. Or they're overeating not one sandwich, but two or three or four, um, ordering two extra large fries. All of a sudden that happens and they're like, well, I don't know what happened. It's because they hadn't changed the recording in the background around it's it's unsafe to be thin. Can you give us an example of a Cinderella story of one of your clients? Well, I can give you my example and I've had many of my clients, but I, I would rather share with where, this will give you a little bit of where I came from as well. I've always been fat, always. 
since I was a kid, I was fat, fat infant, fat toddler. And that's not an excuse. That's just the way, the way it was. And because of that, and because of my personality profile, shy, very reserved. And I didn't get a lot of attention, didn't get a lot of people that, you know, playmates, that type of thing when I was a child. So I was always the observational one. I was always kind of standing on the back of the playground going, I wonder why Jimmy is choosing Joey to play with. And, and how come Darcy is so mad at Rachel? That doesn't make any sense. And so I was always trying to figure out that human behavior was really interesting even at a young age. But what I noticed, excuse me, what I noticed was that as I got older and I was on every diet, seriously, every diet, cottage cheese and ketchup, whoever heard of that? I don't even know if I made that up or read about no. <laughs> I, I'm I thinking you were like, it. what disgusting combination could I have that would make me not want to eat anything? That would do it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. I um, lost a few pounds, gained it back, lost a few pounds, gained it back. And at 16, I was introduced to a hypnotherapist. It was my parents' chiropractor. He had just studied hypnosis and was doing a weight loss program. And my parents asked if I wanted to go. And I'm like, sure. So I lost 30 pounds. I use the word lost because it found me back. The hypnosis was on the diet, which was keto at the time. And trust me, this was decades ago before keto was a keto. And so that's what made me successful as long as I was listening around the diet. But my background was emotional. My background was when I was sad, I would eat a dozen cookies. I was the top seller in Girl Scouts for the cookie campaign because I bought most of them and hid them under my bed and ate them when I had those sad moments or anxious moments. And my parents argued a lot. So it was always anxious or sad. So that's where I came from. And all of a sudden I was 70 pounds overweight. And I'm like, geez. Now I've used, like we talked about, the thought principle of, well, I'm just tired of this. So I'm not going to eat chocolate cake anymore. Or I'm not going to eat french fries or whatever it might be. Or, and I'm going to go put on my fleece outfit and go, you know, sweat this off and exercise for an hour. Well, that doesn't last very long because the brain is like, are you kidding me? That's not safe. So I realized I needed to change something else and it was bigger than food and it was bigger than the exercise plan, which are strategies and tactics. By the way, those are both strategies and tactics. I needed to change something else. And so I went on a mental diet. And what's a mental diet? That's recognizing every thought that was judgmental or critical about myself. And that practice was exhausting the first couple of days. But longer and longer, I noticed I wasn't being as judgmental and critical. And soon I was starting to be happier and I was starting to choose healthy foods, even though in the past I would have said I should have. And when I choose, when I chose the healthy foods, I enjoyed them. So I've released 70 pounds now and I've kept it off for over 20 years because I always work on what's going on in the mental, emotional mindset and along with the guidance of the higher power first to make any change in my life. And it's been phenomenal. And I that's my health story. My financial story is we, at one point in our lives, couldn't afford to buy a package of diapers. We did not have any money in the checking account. 
and we were living in a townhouse on the bad side of town where someone got murdered in the townhouse right next to our bedroom we were sleeping in to living in Florida with 21 acres and this big beautiful house and a barn that's bigger than that house <laughs> my husband keeps talking about moving I'm like have you seen this barn <laughs> we can't we can't move this is moving two houses so that's financially and then how did that happen it's all from changing this and aligning with my higher power and taking some strategies around my finances so that I could be in this place so hopefully that helps share with you a little bit light about myself but what could happen for you are you in that place where you feel financially in struggle it doesn't have to always be that way and I think that's something that is also not shared enough and not enough people know that they even have the opportunity to make changes in their lives and it all starts with changing your mindset and then your alignment with higher power so some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be having right now and they're thinking oh becky i need you so badly struggling financially definitely one struggling with their weight anything kind of that comes to mind that somebody might be struggling with thinking yeah this is the avenue i want to take well, recently, what's the, like I said, the business owners that have been coming to me are the ones that are having, having that troublesome life. So divorce, separations, deaths, uh, illnesses. So I can certainly help with all of that. So if you're having, don't you don't need to struggle alone with that and run your business. Let's help you move through those things with grace so that you can still run your business. So those type of things as well. You might be finding that you, like I said, I had a client who has money for her sales taxes, but she files late every single time. That's a problem. There's a resistance to her abundance and we're working on that so that she can stop doing those type of things. So if you're noticing that you're doing things you know that needs to be done for your business, maybe it's reaching out to past clients. I had a former client who was a CFO for one of the large cities here in Florida, but she had a side hustle. She loved it, loved the product and had clients and she couldn't pick up the phone to call them. And I'm like, this makes no sense. You call very important people in the entire world every single day unannounced and talk to them. She goes, I do. And you can't pick up a client who loves and adores you and loves your product. Nope, I can't. And most people would think that that was just something you need to push through. But what we discovered about her was that it was the family belief system again of you shouldn't do that. Unspoken rule, go to college, get a great job, run it for 30, 40 years, retire, and then die. <laughs> and I'm exaggerating, but you know, those are, the uh, those are pretty much the rules. Yeah. <laughs> Totally good. So I know our yeah. listeners are going to want more from you. How do they start their journey with you? The best way to get in touch with me is go to vickygriffith.com. There's an opportunity there to get in touch with me. You can book a call with me and get on the schedule. It is a no obligation, complimentary conversation that we'll have about how we can work together and how we can get you to your lifestyle or health that you want and deserve. 
Awesome. So we will, of course, have all of Vicky's notes or links in the show notes. Go ahead and scroll down, click on the links, open them up in a new browser because we're not done yet. So Vicky, at what point in life did you know that you're a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? <laughs> I love the definition, special kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a button. To say that. All right. <laughs> We'll start adding them out in all our courses. Yeah, you need to sell product. Mama says I'm special. Yeah. Put on a coffee mug. You need to do that. Oh, my t-shirts. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't, there's, you know, I don't know if there's any one moment that I'm like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I have had many businesses. My husband and I have had restaurants and I had a house cleaning business for a while. And uh, we did screen printing together. I mean, we've had several different attempts of businesses we had several fail failures along the way uh, I think there was a point when I even though I loved my job where I was buying all that merchandise and selling it and having a great time I still wanted to be an entrepreneur I still wanted to be kind of on my own and create my own schedule and do my own thing so I, it was over a period of years but it wasn't anything that said you know hey today we get to be a something special crazy <laughs> <laughs> It's like, this is way too cushy. This is way too much fun. I think I'm going to go and do it on my own. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I, I, I have fantasies and dreams about being, well, working in a company and just getting to spend. <laughs> oh, arts content. That sounds so awesome. You, well, you know, I, I exaggerate too. I was responsible for gross profit margins and ROI. Oh. Like, so yeah, there's I that. mean, I had to make sure people were buying it as well. So yeah, there's that side. But, but if I like it, other people are going to like it. So that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've been absolutely awesome, Vicki. Any last words for our peeps? You know, it's kind of cliche, but I think we, we still need to hear it over and over and over again. There's so many times as an entrepreneur, you think about quitting and just think you don't have the ability or the knowledge or you're not strong enough or smart enough. And the worst thing you can do is lie to yourself and give up on yourself. So lying to yourself that any of those things are true and giving up on yourself. So find somebody to support you and to guide you, connect into your higher power and you will be successful. It could be tomorrow, and it could be in a couple of years. You will, you'll make it. Love it. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, and I know how valuable it is. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show, share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Are you running a business over seven figures but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.